tables down, get ready for a plate full of pumpkins and turnips and greens, oh my, and join us as we take a bite out of the little apple. I am one of your hosts, Katie Weeby. And I am your other host, Becky Goff, and this is Little Apple Bites Podcast. Today we have Andrea De Jesus from A&H Farm joining us. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you very much, ladies, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad you got to join us. So we have our first thing we want to ask you, and we've asked this of everybody, is what makes the Little Apple special to you and your family? Um, well, I was born and raised here, so I've been here pretty much all my life. Um, it's home no matter where else I've been. We went to Fort Benning for a while and came back, and the Little Apple just drew me home. Um, I think community is such a big thing here. Um, we're a small town, but yet we're a big enough town that we have mm-hmm. most everything we need, and I really like that atmosphere. I feel safe here, um, and it's, it just reminds me of a really small town, um, but it still has the big, big town benefits. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, That's one of the really cool things that like keeps me in Manhattan too, is like, there is so much to do here, Um, including your farm. There's literally a million things you can do out there. Yes, it is grown so much in the last 12 years that a lot of people don't even recognize it year to year. And the biggest comment we get is, oh my gosh, you got something new again. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just here a few weeks ago and there's something new. So we're always adding something. Um, Our newest addition that we haven't even officially announced yet is an adult-only area. So we have a game area that we're working on finishing up, and it will be designed for adults only. Um, We're not going to be super strict, but Mm -hmm. it's... So those people that don't have kids feel welcome to come out, too. It's not like I have to have kids to the pumpkin patch. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so. kind of a cool thing for people that maybe maybe they just want to do a getaway without their kiddos, but then they can still come and have some fun and not feel like they're being surrounded by everybody else and their kids. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so, yeah, with the live music out there and even the music we have yeah. on the farm, it's a nice area, and it's situated right next to the grain bin bar. Oh, there nice. you go. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Yes, it is pretty interesting. We have a great girl that does our bar stuff, and she comes up with some pretty unique things. I think she's got an apple cider margarita coming up before long. Oh, wow. That would be... That sounds literally amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that could be very delicious. So you mentioned family, and obviously family is very important to you, and your family helps you out on the farm. Tell us a little bit about this family of yours. Yes, yeah, so I have eight kids, um, ranging from almost 21 to 5, and most of them actually work on the farm all the time, and that is if they're not in school. Um, we did the homeschool thing for one year, and they all said they wanted to go back to school because I worked them too much. <laughs> So they appreciate the break. Um, But yeah, so my oldest actually works for Tossig Landscape um, out by St. George. And then my oldest has just got an internship again with Foley Caterpillar doing heavy diesel mechanic. Or I guess my second oldest, excuse me. Um, But he still lives at home, so I put him to work on the weekends. And (laughs) it was really funny this summer. He got, he did a full-time internship with him. And he had told me at the beginning of the summer he was going to continue working farmer's markets with me. I'll work Saturdays for you, Mom. And then about halfway through the summer, he's like, I need a day off. It's like really hard working five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and I really had to laugh because I'm like, yeah, welcome to the real world here. Yeah. Um, but he's doing really good. And then my other ones are middle school and down. Um, but they do a lot. They run their own farmer's markets. Um, my 14, just turned 14-year-old can run our kitchen at the farm. Um, she does a really great job. So the kids really step in and pitch in and are a big part of the farm as well. That's awesome. So farmer's market. 
Yeah, you mm-hmm. run the farmer's market, correct? Yes, I'm the president of the farmer's market for the last eight or ten years or so. I can't remember <laughs> for sure. Um, but yes, our market has grown tremendously um, recently. We have actually almost sell out stalls every week, especially in the summertime. Um, we're looking how to expand, but to keep our location because it is such a great location. It Can, is, yeah. It is, and it's perfect, and it's year-round. So many people don't realize that we're open every Saturday of the year except for the Saturday and S- Saturday right after Christmas and New Year's, um, which is great for the vendors because they have products year-round. Um, we have farmers that grow stuff. We have bakers. We have meat vendors, and they have stuff all the time. And most of the time, the weather is not too bad outside. I mean, you might have a Saturday here and there that is a little, little cold, but... It's still worth coming out and visiting all the vendors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the farmer's market. Jacob and I, my husband, always are like out there. We're always like, oh, we, we got to go to the farmer's market. We love to come out there. Um, there's always a lot of different things to do there, too, and like the soap and like a, there's just a bunch of different um, things, not just vegetables and produce. Yes, and there's the arts and the craft and the food mm-hmm. and the drinks. And I really love seeing how the farmer's market takes people that start up and actually grows them into a, a business that has a location. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at Therapy down here on 3rd Street, you got Little Batch, all ones that started at the farmer's market and have now grown into a retail location. So it's super exciting for that. And even like Trey's Squeeze started at the farmer's markets, now into Hy-Vee. So it's a really, really good stepping stone for people that are wanting to start a business but don't have, you know, they can't afford a retail space. Right. But it gives them a chance just to try it on a small scale. Yeah, I know that, like you said, you know, most of the time the weather's nice. And I know that one of the times that I went was for like, I think it was like a Christmas market. And it was a little cold, and I think there were some snow flurries, but I think there was somebody out there selling, like, hot chocolate or hot cider or something, you know. So, obviously, something to keep you warm while you do your looking around. And Yes, and we, we have multiple coffee vendors down there as well. So, it's like, you know, swing to the farmer's market, grab your coffee, walk around. It's so much more than just come and shop. Yeah. It's a social thing. It's great to get the kids out, walk around, exercise, things like that. So, it's, there's so many benefits to it. Yeah. What got you started into um, like bringing up that farmer's market? Um, I actually attended the first farmer's market in Manhattan when I was two weeks old. Mm-hmm. My mom founded it or was one of the founders of it. So I was going to that when I was really, really little. And then <laughs> I switched over to the Kansas City market. And I actually fit, grew up there a lot um, just because we attended multiple markets as I grew up. Right. And that was my market was the Kansas City one. So my brother and sister were more at this market here than I was when I was a teenager. Um, and actually both my sister and my brother have been president of the market in previous years. Um, and it's one of those, when I moved back, I was a vendor for a while there, and they needed some leadership. So I agreed to step into the position and do it. And it's, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. Um, one of the things I'm really proud of is that we do the SNAP and Double Up Dollars, which is something I brought to the farmer's market. And in doing that, it's helped our low-income population. They can come and shop at the farmer's market and get their fresh fruits and vegetables there with the doubling program that we have there. And then I'm also part of the Food and Farm Council, 
And we've started a power of produce program at the farmer's market, which is for kids. I think it's 4 to 11 or 4 to 12. And it just runs 12 weeks during the summer. But kids can come down every Saturday morning and they have little games or taste testers. So kids can try watermelon or they can try pickles and fresh pickles compared to dill pickles or the flavored waters like cucumber water or apple water. And it gives them a chance to try things. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they get tokens to spend for fruits and vegetables. So every Saturday they come, they get $3 of tokens that they can spend on fresh fruits and vegetables. And it's really neat seeing the kids because sometimes they'll save them and then have like a stockpile and then go shopping. Or sometimes they'll share them with their siblings and they'll put their money together and buy like a big watermelon so they each chip in to buy it. Um, sometimes the parents will throw in some extra dollars for them to get something. But it's really cool because it's driving kids to the farmer's market and it's yeah. making them get their parents out of bed, yeah, which is great. And, you know, they learn so much more. It's not just, oh, I tried something new, which is great. Yeah, They learn how to shop at a farmer's market, which we have a lot of consumers that are kind of scared of it or, you know, they're unfamiliar with it. Right. So it's how do you do it? And then they also learn math skills. You know, there's shaving, not shaving, they're sharing or saving, you know, working together. So there's so many things that they're learning besides just trying new produce. Yeah. So it's a super great program that that's, we're really excited about. That's really cool. I mean, I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even know that existed, that you had that going. Yep. This so. is, this was our second year doing it. So, nice. um, and Kathy with the WIC department is kind of leading that project. Okay. Um, so it's it's great. And more and more kids come every week. Right. And like I said, it runs June through August is usually when we do it. And we always have the grand finale as we do watermelon feed for everybody. Oh, nice. And so it's really cool to see kids eating their red watermelons, but they also try the yellow watermelons. Oh. And it's just, it's fun. Yeah. And it gets them out there and gets them to try new things. Yeah. That's awesome. And you said, you know, you're always trying to get more vendors out there and more people out there. How can you uh, get signed up or how can you get more involved with the farmer's market? Um, if you go to the website, um, if you Google Manhattan Farmer's Market, it should come up. But I think it's ManhattanFarmersMarketKS.org. Um, and there's a whole vendor resources. It's um, fairly simple. Kansas, we're very, very lucky. Um, you need a sales tax number so mm -hmm. that you can remit your sales tax. And if you're, depending what you're doing, that may be all you need other than to register for our market. Baked goods can be sold without a certified kitchen, um, as long as it's not a high-risk item. Produce can be sold. Um, jewelry, crafts, things like that can all be sold without any additional licensing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, but yeah, it's super easy and it's a great stepping stone. And it's also great for somebody that just wants to do it every so often. You don't have to come every week. Um, so you can come once a month. You can come twice a month. Um, we do ask that it's all like homegrown, homemade, homespun. Um, so we don't have like the the commercially made items in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's the importance of like homegrown and locality uh, for you? Um, I think it's very important. Um, we do in the summertime pretty much all everything we carry is homegrown or locally grown. Um Obviously, there's certain things that we can't grow, you know, avocados and lemons and limes. we got to have those for our margaritas and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we carry those as well. We get peaches in. So like right now, we have Idaho peaches since the Kansas peaches are done. But the produce being local, the flavor is so much better for you or so much better. Plus, the produce is better for you, just um, the nutritional value. And the reason that is, is a pr the produce is has its highest nutritional value the day it's picked. After that, it start lose, starts losing value. And so if you can get something that's fresh picked the day over the night before, it's just better for you than something that's been picked for mm. days. Yeah. But. And I'm sure that it also, like, there's a lot less preservatives, you know, a lot less just sitting on the shelf for days. And that can also uh, 
kind of factor into that as well? Yes, very much so. And like one example I use is sweet corn. So sweet okay. corn, we pick it fresh um, a lot of times the night before or the, the morning of a market, depending if it's a night market or a day a morning market. But when you pick sweet corn, it's so sweet, you can eat it straight off the cob without cooking it. That's what we wow. eat for breakfast when we're out picking sweet corn. Um, but every minute that cob has already been picked, it, the sugar turns to starch. So it's not as sweet as it was right when it was picked. So we pick sweet corn every single day for our farm store in the summertime. But that's why when you get grocery store sweet corn, it's not that it's bad. It's just not as sweet because it's been picked longer. Mm. So that's kind of a prime example of just how nature you know, the sugar starts turning to starch and still good for you. It's just not as good for you and it's not as sweet. Oh, I would have never known that. I know, me either. (laughs) I'm sitting there staring at her going, hmm, I guess I'm going to have to like start making, like when I want corn for like dinner, I'm just going to have to like go there like that day and pick it up. Yeah, we have customers, they'll come in and buy, you know, like every day they'll come in and buy two ears of corn because they want fresh picked sweet corn for dinner that day. Um, And it is, it's not something you can get in the grocery store especially even fresh picked here. There's a couple stores that will carry local product, but right. it's there's a flavor difference. And then the same thing with your watermelon and your tomatoes. There's a flavor difference. Um, and part of it's where it's grown. It's how it's grown. And so that's important. When yeah. you know your farmer, you have a better mm-hmm. idea of those things. Yeah. And is that why you guys kind of started the farm-to-table boxes? Um, Yeah, so I actually started those back in 2008. Um, And originally I'd called them CSA, which a lot of people are familiar with. It's community-supported agriculture. Um, And it's a big East Coast, West Coast thing. Mm -hmm. And here in mid-Kansas, a lot of people still don't know what it is. So we switched the name to -to farm-to-table. And it is. It is great in that when we originally started it, it really helped us have income in the spring when we're buying all our seeds, planting our plants, you know, putting out out cash outlay for plastic and things like that when you have no crops growing so you have no income Um, so it really helped us in that aspect but it also rewarded our customers that took the risk with us because they get a discounted price on the produce and sometimes it's they get all the produce they want like when we have Mm -hmm. lots of watermelon it's like you can have all the watermelon you want this week and they're like no i still got three left from last week so i'm good (laughs) but it's great for them because they also see the ups and downs of the farm so if we have a great crop of peppers they get tons of peppers if we don't have a good crop of peppers they don't get as many peppers so they kind of share in that risk and reward as well and it's really neat to see it it makes them I don't want to say it makes them feel, but it kind of gives them what it was like 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. Because if you have tons of peppers, you need to figure out what to do with them. So you learn how to make them different ways. You learn how to can them or freeze them and just do it such diversity with the same type of item, which is what, you know, our families did 100 years ago. They canned it and froze it to save it because you didn't want anything to go to waste. Um, And we don't do that a lot nowadays. You know, if you don't need peppers, you're not going to go to the store and buy peppers. Right. But if you get five pounds of peppers in your farm-to-table box, you're going to figure out what to do with them. i got to figure out what I'm going to do, and I probably don't want to eat them every day for every meal. That might, you know, have a little side effect on the gut there, so... (laughs) You never know, depending on what kind of peppers they are. Yes, very true. Yeah. But it's it also gets you to try new things yeah. and learn new ways to cook right. it. Um, and some of the best things I hear, like I had a customer, um, she she was a farm-to-table member for many years, and she never took the tomatoes. And I asked her, and I go, why don't you, you don't, why don't the tomatoes? She goes, I don't like tomatoes. I go, take them, try them. And she took them home, and she came back to me the next week. She goes, 
you know, I'm so glad you made me do that. It's not that I don't like tomatoes. She goes, I don't like grocery store tomatoes. And she hadn't eaten a tomato since she was in college. And I think she's probably about 50. But it was what she had been eating was <laughs> mm-hmm. the, I don't, they're, they're, I call them cardboard tomatoes. You know, there's not a whole lot of flavor. Right. And it wasn't that she didn't like tomatoes. It's just she didn't like those tomatoes. Right. And that goes to show the taste difference between a homegrown and one that's brought in. Yeah, absolutely. It is really cool to kind of see, like, it kind of, it does take you back in time a little bit, but I bet it also, like, it probably brings a lot of awareness to, like, the difficulties in the life of a farmer, you know, like, having to have, like, an X amount and just having to have that good quality crop all of the time, and sometimes you have more, sometimes you have less, and so I think it's a really cool awareness of, like, how difficult your job can be. Yeah, it is very hard. Weather is such an important Mm -hmm. factor in what we do, whether it's too hot, too cold, too windy, too rainy. It's always something, it seems like. And it hurts the crops. It helps the crops. But helping us educate the consumer, the farm to table allows us to do this. And it's in a way that they're accepting of it because they understand there is some risk, but there is some reward that goes with it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So we kind of talked about all the things you have on the farm to do. And Today, when I was looking at your Facebook page, just kind of re-familiarizing myself, I saw that you have a soybean maze. Yes. um, Because everybody's used to like a corn maze that's like, you know, 10 foot tall. You can't see where you're going except for the path you're on. But aren't soybeans like knee height or maybe a little higher depending upon how tall you are? Yes. um, So we normally do a corn maze and we have a custom cut corn maze and we came up with this awesome design this year. And my corn maze designer, he had recommended previously that we don't plant our corn until like July 1st, which for Kansas, normally you plant in April, May if you're pushing it Mm -hmm. um, because you want it knee high by the 4th of July and harvest in September. Well, we do it, we plant it the 1st of July usually because we want greener corn for the corn mace versus the dried corn. So that's why we plant it so late. Well, this year we planted it late and it was on an area that we don't, we can irrigate, but we normally don't um, just because our irrigation goes to our fruits and vegetables primarily versus going to our field corn for our corn mace. Right. Well, this year with the drought and the heat, the corn looked pretty pitiful. So <laughs> there was some that was a couple inches tall, some that was a few feet, and some that was eight feet tall, depending where it was in the field. So we had to make the decision of what we were going to do for our corn maze this year. And our other farm, we had planted soybeans. And so I called my corn maze cutter, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with what to do with this. What do we do? And he's like, um, and I told him we had soybeans. I go, that's one option. And I had planted some Sudan, hoping that would grow, and that didn't grow fast enough either. And he's like, honestly, soybeans make the best maize from an aerial standpoint because they're so green and so mm-hmm. pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, you convinced me. We're cutting it out in the soybeans this year. And um, the soybeans that we were using are actually were planted quite late because they were our parking lot for our Red Dirt concert this summer. Oh, yeah. So they were further behind. Um, now, he did cut in part of our soybeans that were planted earlier because we had some that was irrigated on there as well. So some of them are about knee high. Some of them are chest high, depending where you're at in the maze. But what's really unique is everybody thinks it's going to be so easy because you can see over the top. Mm-hmm. But I bet you 75% of the people come out the entrance, not the exit, because they can't make their way out. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. because What? Okay, now I think we have to take a field trip <laughs> we're gonna have to go check this out you're gonna have to try it and i was... saw the aerial vi- you know the aerial that you had the video showing it being cut which was mm-hmm. really cool to see that time lapse that was 
really pretty awesome. So if you haven't seen that, go out to their Facebook page, find that video. It's really cool to see how that works. Yes, and customers are welcome to bring a picture in. We have a picture, like as you load the Hayrack ride, and we have a blown up picture. But I had one gentleman, he's like, yeah, we downloaded the image, and we used it to help us get through the maze. And he was telling me there's like three choke, choke points in there. And if you can get those three, you can get through. But most people get turned around and come back out the entrance. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at it and I was like, oh, it's like, I wonder if I can go in the exit and just make my way through backwards. <laughs> Maybe then it'll work better. <laughs> yes. Um, but it is neat to see a different crop. And uh, and part of that's education, too, for our consumers, because everybody's like, oh, do you have a corn maze this year? And I'm like, well, no, but yes. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And they're very confused. They don't. I think a lot of people don't realize that it's a corn maze. It's called a corn maze because it's grown in corn. Right. Um, mm-hmm. They they just they don't understand. And yeah. part of that is our disconnect between our customers and ag. Is right. how do we educate them? So yes, we have a maze. It's a soybean maze this year, which is pretty 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 neat. So will I get in trouble for sampling soybeans while I walk through? No. Um, <laughs> you could do some edamame too while you're out there. Grab some of those, but they're starting to dry down now. Yeah. So. No, that's one of the things as a kid that going out with dad to the field, uh, we'd check soybeans and yeah, it was, you'd pop open the, yeah, after they were ripe. So they're like turned colors. Okay. Yeah. He's like, here, try this. They're not the most, they're not the best tasting things. No. I... <laughs> not when they've changed colors. <laughs> but dad would be here. Have these. Have these. I kept us the... entertained. Yes, that's true. I'd prefer the sweet corn over the soybeans. Yes, but... <laughs> definitely. So, but it's neat for customers um, to see because I actually saw one that came back from the maze. She had part of a plant she had brought back. Oh, so it's neat cool. to see because they take the corn out of the corn maze. Yeah. Um, so it's good. It's good education for them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so now you guys have the soybean maze. You obviously have the pumpkin patch and the kid zone, all of the like playhouses, kind of things that they can do, run around. You have the animals. Uh, we talked a little bit about the grain bin, um, which is a really cool feature, like drinks, snacks, things like that. Uh, you guys also, do you do like... You pick strawberry and lavender patches and things like that? Yes. So not only do we do the fall festival, we're actually open year-round now. So we have events 12 months out of the Mm -hmm. year. Um, So we have fall festival right now. In November, we do a unicorn day. So one of our ponies gets all dressed up. And we have pictures with little girls and and boys. And it's just a great event for kids to come out because so many people are in love with unicorns right now. Um, We do that. You can feed. We have special packages where you can feed the unicorn as well. We have a special food. Um, So it's really cool. And it's, it's one of those unique opportunities. We have to limit how much food obviously so not everybody can feed the unicorn um but it's a special package and then we move into like we do charcuterie events we have wine sipping shops with wine we carry local wine from different wineries um and as we move into christmas we do hot cocoa with grinch so we've done that for multiple years now it's going to be even bigger this year because we're having a bunch of decorations made so Mm -hmm. more of a whoville atmosphere versus just the grinch so we're excited about that um, and then as we move into January, we're doing a Puerto Rican event. So my husband's from Puerto Rico and my uh, my sister-in-law and then my niece that works for me. So we're going to have a bunch of Puerto Rican food. So I'm really excited for that one because I really miss that when I go and visit there is the food. Yeah. Um, and then we move on to like in February, we have a dill pickle event. 
And that is super, super popular. We do a dill pickle grilled cheese that it's like to die for is what some people say. Yeah. And we have dill margaritas and dill teenies. We have dill pickle milkshakes and we do dill pickle donuts and cotton candy. It's like dill pickle everything. Oh my goodness. We kind of go a little crazy with it. Yeah. But it's fun. And it's really neat to see some of the things that my team comes up with for that. Um, and then we do, we have some dreaming weekends. So like we do peach palooza in the fall we have lavender in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so in some of those winter months, we do the dreaming of, so we'll pull out all our frozen peaches and make all our frozen, like all our peach food. We just don't have the fresh ones. Right. Same thing with the lavender. Um, it's a takeoff our lavender event in the summer. We just don't have the fresh lavender in the field. But in June, we do a lavender bazaar, so you can come out and take pictures of the lavender, smell the lavender. We have photo ops. We have the old wash tubs that you can climb in the bathtubs and take a picture in the lavender. (laughs) Um, And you can pick it as well. So you can pick bouquets. And then we do the same thing with sunflowers, um, strawberries in the spring Mm -hmm. for you pick strawberries. Another big spring event we do is our baby animal festival. So my kids love playing with the baby goats and the chicks and the ducks when they're born in the spring. So we have it set up where customers can actually come and hold and pet the animals because so many people don't, you know, they they might have an interaction with a kitten or a puppy, but you can go to Tractor Supply and get the chicks. But like baby goats and baby pigs and donkeys and goats and stuff, they don't have that interaction. So this is a great way for them to get out to the farm and see that. That's well. really cool. I didn't think of that. You know, growing up around farm animals, I didn't, you know, I don't tend to remember that there's people out there that don't have that opportunity as often as I had when I was growing up. So, yes. And it's even more of a disconnect now because, you know, it used to be you could go out to your grandparents' farm yeah, or your parents' farm. And now they're talking, you know, you're four or five generations removed from farming. yeah, And so they have that. They don't have that. Excuse me. And even zoos have taken away the interaction um, due to liability and things like that. So it's something that's really popular in our farm is the petting zoo. We actually have the largest farm petting zoo in the state. Oh wow! Um, Deanna Rose is bigger than ours, but they're they're not a true farm, um, so it's great for people to come out. And we've actually added on to our petting zoo. About three years ago, we made it larger, and we're working on making it bigger even now because yeah. it is such a popular popular thing, and everybody loves seeing the babies. And, yes, everybody and the- loves the little baby animals. They are literally so cute, and yeah, I. Definitely, like, I had a friend from Germany come over, and uh, we have cows that are just right across the road from our house, and she was so freaked out. And I was like, why are you so, like, scared to come to my house? And she goes, the cows are right there. And I was like, yeah, like, they're harmless. (laughs) But it's just so funny to think about, like, she was like, I've literally never seen a cow in my life, and you just have them right across the street. Yes, and you say that we had a customer the other day, that same thing. They had mm-hmm. never seen a real-life cow. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you have to look where we grew up. You know, right. here in Kansas, yes. we see them all the time. But they were from a city and only had ever yeah. seen them in pictures. And so it was quite wow. an experience for them. So. Yeah. One of the things we have now we put in last year, we have our budgie barn. Um, do you guys know what budgies are? They're, no. The parakeets. They're, they're little another, birds, right? Little birds, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. So we have an enclosure that you can actually go in and be in with the budgies. So we have 400 budgies in there, and they fly <laughs> around. We have bird sticks where you can feed them. They'll land on you. They'll get on your shoulders. And it's really neat. Um, and we have a seating area right next to it. So for those that don't like birds, they can sit outside and, and watch. watch. Mm-hmm. But it is. we had a field trip yesterday with 150 kids out, and that was their favorite thing was going in and seeing the buddies. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, I'd say that um, my mom would probably be one of those people that sits on the outside. She's not a huge bird person. So, yeah, she would definitely, she would be probably willing to watch them from the outside. But, yeah, definitely she would, you would not be able to get her to go inside, even though the birds are, you know, not very big. She's not a fan of any birds. Yeah. Yeah. But it's neat because they're calming, they're relaxing. You can just sit there and enjoy the nature, too. Um, so I really like that. But I was surprised at how popular that was between the kids and adults because it's yeah. it's cross-generational that people love it. Yeah. Now, you've talked about how you consistently are adding new things, and you've talked a little bit about it. What's your next, like, are you already planning ahead for, like, that next, next thing? Yes and no. We mentioned it earlier with the adult area. Right. So that kind of came about where we had this area that we needed to fill. And my team was like, you know, I want to go somewhere and just hang out with my adult friends. Yeah. And so we're seeing more of that. So we're added that. Um, We have added corporate events last year. And this year we've done a bunch of those. I'm. This is going to sound so weird. Um, We hung lights up in one of our areas for our eating areas. And I'm like super stoked about these lights. They're like white and you can demo them. You can strobe them. They're multicolor and they'll flash. And it's like... I know, weird that I'm excited about lights, but <laughs> but that's cool though. It's, it's the little things, yeah. And it's new and different, and new and different, and it adds another atmosphere to the farm. Um, we have music playing all the time now on the farm, and then we have mm-hmm. live bands out every Saturday and Sunday, as well. So it's little things like that that we can add to the atmosphere, and it's so much more than just a pumpkin patch or a corn maze. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. You guys have uh, events. Every single weekend in October, you guys have the pumpkin patch, but then the concerts. Uh, I went out and looked at like some of the concerts you have, and you have some really cool names, a lot of cool local bands uh, that are coming. Uh, this Saturday, I think it's like Ka Hayes and uh, Taylor Klein. Yes, that is correct. And um, Koi Hayes, he's out uh, of Salina or Abilene. Mm-hmm. He's actually a school teacher. And he oh. sings for fun. So we yeah. love having like this oh, little, cool. the little, I don't want to say little people, but you know, the ones that just do it for fun. Right. But then we also have like the Haymakers or Dustin Arbuckle that actually mm-hmm. tour as well. Yeah. And so there's some of your more well-known names or they do it professionally, so to speak, versus just doing it for on the side. Yeah. So we do all kinds of things like that. We had comedians out last weekend i think mm-hmm. so okay. that was our live entertainment and then we're adding more things like you know we're looking at dance recitals or fashion shows or just different things that we can do on the stage um since we built it this past year it's our big big addition for the 2023 year so we're excited to fill that yeah and saying so, then you had uh one of our first guests we had was uh, the boys and girls club Yes. And so they talked about how they were headed out to see you guys for their annual event too. So yes, we were super excited to be asked to host the little Apple Duck Dash mm-hmm. this year, and it's and that's one of the things that's really important to us is giving back to the community. So it was able we were able to donate our space for the day, and it turned out to be their biggest fundraising event to date on the little apple duck dash their best one ever so it was super great to get people out there and it's you know maybe not our normal customer base you know the ones that don't know about us but it gets them out and they get to touch and feel ag it gets them off the cell phones and get outside and enjoy nature so i think that's really important but yeah it was a super great event we're looking forward to doing it again next year and seeing how many more ducks we can get to go down the slide there you (laughs) go that sounds great so we already kind of talked about Facebook page, website, 
all that kind of information on where to find you guys. Otherwise, find you out at the farm. Can you remind us what the address is for the farm or the easiest way to get there, whichever is easier to explain? Um, well, the address, for those who want to Google, it's 1374 Collins Lane, and you can really just search us and it should come up for you. But the best way I give directions is if you're on Fort Raleigh Boulevard, there's a big, long rock wall at Griffith Park, which is Manhattan Avenue. You turn south like you're going out of town, and it's three-fourths of a mile, and then you're going to take the first right, which is Collins Lane. It's the first right that's a road. And then we're on the right-hand side. Big red barn, um, shop building with a green roof. So once you get out there, pretty easy to find. Hard to miss you. It is, yes, hopefully <laughs> so. But we are on a dead-end road, so we tell people you don't just drive by and see us. you got to be heading out that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And I will tell people, everybody's like, oh, I th we thought you were so far out here in the country. And literally, it's less than a mile. Five minutes from downtown Manhattan, and you can be at our farm. Sounds yeah. like a good field trip for us, Katie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You have to come out and say this will be over by the time you guys are. We're doing K-State Wildcat girls are coming out tonight oh. for the basketball team. So we're doing free admission for that tonight. So come out and join us. Yeah. Bring the families. Go. All right. Well, uh, I think that that's all the questions that we have. Um, remind us again, uh, your social media pages, uh, A&H Farm on Facebook. Yep, A&H Farm, and it is the ampersign with the spaces in it. And then we um, do Instagram as well, and that one's A&H Farm all written out. And then we're also on TikTok. I'm, I've started the TikTok thing. I'm, I like watching TikTok, yeah. but not as, not as good at that yet. But we're working on getting our TikTok up and going. So looking forward to that as well. That's awesome. All right. Did you have anything? I guess my question for you is, did you have anything we didn't already ask you about that you think would be good for people to know about your farm? Um, I think whether you support, you know, our farm, another farm, the farmer's market, supporting local is so important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, these are the businesses that give back to your, your softball teams and your football teams. They're, you know, very, very beneficial to a lot of programs, especially with the holidays coming up. Supporting local business is very important. So I appreciate you ladies giving me a chance to come in and chit chat with you. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad you were able to join us. All right, Becky, uh, we have a ton of news going on this week alone. Just even this Saturday, there's not a K-State game here, but there is so much going on in the community. Yeah, there are so many events, Katie, like going through the list and just finding all of the events we have going on. Like, I couldn't believe how many are going on. So if you're looking for something to do on Saturday, the 14th of October, there there's enough to do. You're going to be busy all day. All day. All day. But before we get to Saturday, just yes. a reminder that tonight we do have Junction City Blue Jays are headed to Topeka to take on the Topeka High Trojans. And a live stream of that game is going to be on jcpost.com. And our radio broadcast is on our Junction City station, 1420-1079-KJCK, with our coworkers Anthony Georges and Brian Field calling that game. So that should be a good matchup. Um, Junction City's three and three right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll they've see. had a they've had a rough couple past weeks uh, with a couple of tough losses. Uh, but I think that I talked to Anthony a little bit this week, and I think that this will be a better game for them. So definitely check that out. Um, and then Saturday, of course, well, there's a whole list of things you can do. A million things in this community. Uh, first of all. You got to start with uh, 
Saturday morning, right at 8 a.m., get up and go down to the farmer's market. Yeah, definitely. Go check out those vendors. You know, Mm -hmm. we kind of talked about it with Andrea. You know, the farmer's market's got more than just what you think. Like, if you've never been, it's more than just fruits and vegetables. Like, there is literally everything. Yes, there is. uh, I've, I've been a few times. There's, like, these cute little soaps that these people make and they put uh toys inside of the bars of soap oh that's cool and so then you get to teach your kids to wash their hands and then if they like wash their hands with the bar of soap enough times they get a little toy in the middle of it and it's they're super cute they all smell amazing you can also get them without toys um but there's soaps and then there's um a lady that makes like scrunchies and hair ties and purses and lanyards and um, there's honey and homemade pickles and there's always a couple vendors out there like that just are serving lunch that you can right. just get uh, your meal there. Um, there's clothes. There's um, sometimes there's a cotton candy person there. Okay. There's a million things. Yeah. And it's absolutely everything there is delicious it's all good um i highly recommend starting your day at the farmer's market yeah i might have to try that on saturday although it's definitely going to be jam-packed because then at 10 Mm a.m the city of manhattan is actually dedicating a brand new public park um it's the first one to be dedicated in quite a while um thankfully the buyer family donated land up off of Amherst Drive on the west side of town and they have created a new park called Stonehaven and it has a fishing pond and will have a water feature in it I guess is what it says on the press release so that's cool yeah that'll be really cool to see and then um also at 10 a.m so you're gonna have to pick (laughs) this is a hard one for someone like me it's you have to pick so there's that park dedication yeah um, that the city of Manhattan is holding. And then Riley County EMS is doing a ribbon cutting at 10 a.m. on their brand new ambulance station that's located in Leonardville. And that ambulance station is, has been a couple years, I guess, if you will, in the making. There was a lot of discussion about the need up in that area, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of community meetings and that sort of thing. And then it was finally approved by county commissioners. And the building has finally been made, and they are ready to open and have it fully staffed and everything. So ribbon cutting and community members can go and take a tour and see what it looks like before they put it into service this week. So That's awesome. That's yeah. a really cool uh, opportunity for the community, um, having that uh, station there uh, in Leonardville. So uh, that's really exciting. So, um, yeah, you have to go to the farmer's market at 8 a.m., go to the park, maybe go to the ambulance station in Leonardville. And then uh, from 11 to 2, the Manhattan Fire Department is going to be at Chick-fil-A. Right. So that is for the MDA or muscular dystrophy fundraiser that they do every year. Mm -hmm. Um, The firefighters will be out there with their fire boot asking for donations. um, And just, you know, it's going to go back to just help so many people. And, you know, you'll be able to just, it's just another way you can support them. And from what I understand, there might be a firefighter on the roof even. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you really want to know, <laughs> just go drive by Chick-fil-A on Saturday and you'll see if they're up there or not. So. Awesome. Yeah. And then also on Saturday, I'm telling you, Katie, there's so yes, many Saturday Saturday events. afternoon. Everyone has like packed the day because there's uh, nothing 
there's not a K-State game. So there's right. just so much to do. So much to do. So um, also. But Saturday yeah. afternoon, I will actually be here. Uh, but we're going to head to Aggieville from 3.30 to 6.30 for uh, the Chili Crawl. Yeah. So that's what the Manhattan Optimist Club. And it's their 21st chili crawl Mm -hmm. so i think they took a break in 2020 like many events did so that's why they're not calling it annual it's just their 21st chili crawl um but it goes to support the manhattan optimist club which support supports youth events and youth sports throughout the community and there's multiple sports teams that benefit from this and other activities that they help with and i think it even goes to some scholarships too so yeah absolutely it's really great uh this will actually be my first chili crawl so i'm very excited about that well, I went last year, and I tell you, try them all. There's something different at mm-hmm. each stop, and um, you just never know what you're going to find. And some of them have secret ingredients that you have to try and figure out. So, Oh, okay. I'm yeah. very excited about that now. Yeah, so there's some of them, and, and it's not, you know, last year, not all of them were that typical red chili. Some of them mm-hmm. were, you know, some people are very much the traditional tomato-based chili but then there's some that kind of deviate from that and yeah. try something different because why not it's a chili contest so let's change it up a little right yeah that's exciting yeah. so yeah i will definitely be at that chili crawl uh should come out support that'll be from 3 30 to 6 30 uh also happening is obviously k-state's not here they are going to be at texas tech at 6 p.m so you can watch that game um, and you can also listen to it on our radio station, 1420, um, 107.9 FM in Junction City. They are going to be broadcasting that game. That's awesome. That's one way you can keep up with K-State football when they're not in town while mm-hmm. you're running about to all these yes. different events. Absolutely. And then also one other thing going on late Saturday afternoon is Coy Hayes will be at A&H Farms. I think we talked a little yeah. bit about that with Andrea. Um, he'll be pretty performing from three to five so if you have time to run out there in between all the other events gets you know get to spend some time out at the farm listen to some good music and yeah just kind of enjoy the outdoors for yeah, a while we talked about their fun fall weekend series that is happening every weekend in october so if you can't yeah. quite catch this one you can catch the box turtles next week or you can catch taylor klein on sunday yeah, uh, which will be really cool. They're all from three to five, I believe, and you can be out there all day long for the pumpkin patch and the grain bin and all of their other activities that they have. But the actual um, artists, like right. singing, will be on stage three to five. Yeah, well, and all of those artists you mentioned are all from around the area, so that's yeah. really cool to be able to hear local musicians out there doing their things. So. Yeah, absolutely. And like next week, like I said, it'll be the Box Turtles. Uh, they're an amazing local band. Yeah. So that local feel is really cool to see. Yeah. And then on Sunday the 15th, if you missed the firefighters out mm-hmm. at Chick-fil-A or you just want to see them again, um, head up to the Manhattan Fire Department's headquarters station on Denison. And they're doing their annual open house from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. So you can go out there and learn more about what they do. They'll have activities for the kids, like learning to do different things that they do in their like physical fitness test. Um or they even usually set up a way that like kids can try using the uh, fire hose. Yeah. Yeah. And no uh, fire truck rides this year, correct? Correct. Yes. Old we... Engine One rides are not happening. Yes. Um, we did talk about it on our second, ep- third episode. Third episode, yeah. Our third episode with Ryan Alms, um, the fire deputy chief. So if you have questions or you just want to hear more about it before you go, 
uh, check out that third episode. Yeah. Uh, shameless little plug. Exactly. Yeah. So that episode is a plateful of Flamin' Hot Cheetos in case you're searching for it. Mm-hmm. That's the one you want. So, And then coming up this coming Thursday. Mm-hmm. So not quite a week away. Thursday the, the 19th is downtown Manhattan's final third Thursday Katie, I can't believe Third Thursdays are coming to an end for this year already. I know. And I just went to my first one on the last Third Thursday in September. And it was absolutely amazing. It was so much fun. Um, so much to do. So many vendors out. And uh, it's a really cool like opportunity on Thursday nights. So yeah, I'm excited for this one. I'm sad that I was late to the boat this year. But we'll have to definitely make more trips out yeah so final third thursday they actually shut down points for that Mm -hmm. and it'll be closed from third street to fifth street um with multiple vendors there will be activities in the street um including an air guitar competition yeah so if you katie you know you could always try your (laughs) hand at doing air guitar i Um, don't think anyone wants to see that actually right Uh, that's why i work behind the mic and not in front of the camera (laughs) right exactly yeah last year they tried to convince me to uh be a contestant yeah you should no see absolutely i i don't have rhythm and i don't becky i know it's horrible the rhythm is in your head it's air guitar well that's the problem (laughs) is um i I march by the beat of my own drum, and mm-hmm. my guitar skills would probably not be following the guitar lines. I'd probably end up guitaring when it's drums or something, so I'm not super musically inclined. <laughs> I mean, I can sing along with the radio, but that's yeah. about it, so. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, come out to Third Thursday, share this podcast if you want Becky to join the air guitar competition. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, uh... hopefully we can get her out there (laughs) i will be pushing for that if Uh, not you can always catch us hanging out around the cake walk at bourbon and baker exactly yeah that's a crowd favorite and if you're not there when it starts you're probably too late already yeah because it gets filled up really quick but bourbon and baker always brings out like the best things yeah cookies for like the first like i want to say five rounds and then it's usually some delicious mm-hmm. cake that's the, the with final like one an amazing cake yeah so. so and i guess if you miss out on that you just have to go into bourbon and baker and buy your own yes <laughs> that <laughs> but, is yeah. also a good option yeah well katie that is just a few Although a lot of events that we have coming up over the next week, Um, just, you know, if you're looking for something else to do, you know, just go out and find the podcast and just listen to it again. Like after we're done here and you're like, what was that they said? Just listen to it again. (laughs) Save it. Share it. Share it with your friends. You know. Yeah. And you can always find more events on Little Apple Post and jcpost.com. We post all of these community events out there on our news sites, and it's a really great way to see what's going on in the community. Um, but just don't forget to check out our friends at A&H Farm. Check out the Farmer's Market. Go say hi to Andrea. And we want to thank Andrea again for coming on. She Definitely. was an amazing guest and uh, taught us a lot about, or at least me, a lot about the ag industry and what goes on what goes into being a farmer and uh doing that um 
doing the pumpkin patch and everything. And so it's really cool to talk to her. Yeah, definitely. It was a great time talking to her and learning just more about what they do and realizing that it's more than what you probably think if you've never been out there. Absolutely. All right. Well, just remember, a locally grown apple a day keeps our community unique in every way. And we'll see you next time.